Welcome back to Addicted to Recovery, the brand new podcast bringing you the truth about addiction. Our aim is to raise awareness about recovery and change the way society views the addict. Whether you had one too many last night or you have multiple years of recovery, all are welcome here. This is Addicted to Recovery. I am joined as ever by my dear friend, co-host and fellow recovering addict, Max Thomas. How are you today, mate? Yeah, man, I'm good. You? Good, mate. Great to be back. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, mate. New location. Yep. Got mm -hmm. our own setup. Buzzing. Few technical difficulties, but we got there. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sort of glad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Little glitch, but we made it work. Yeah. Um, who have we got with us in the studio today, Max? We have got our dear friend Paula from from Southend. Um, yes. Yes. Hello, everyone. How are we doing? I'm all right. Good. Thanks so weird. much for coming on. We really appreciate it. That's cool. Sort of when we first started this, you were right at the top of the list yeah. for people we wanted to get on. Because mm. um, you've got an incredible story mm -hmm. and uh, you do loads for the fellowship and you do loads outside in the services and stuff. So it mm. was sort of a no brainer that we wanted to get you on. So uh, thanks for coming on. That's cool. Um, I thought we'd start just by sort of getting a bit of background on you and sort of um, tell us your story. We'll come in mm. and ask some questions. We want you to feel comfortable, just like we were in a meeting. Sort of tell us your story. You happy with that? No, I'm cool. Brilliant. Okay, over to you. Well, you know, when people ask me that, I kind of always think, where do I start? Because, you know, unfortunately for me, um, you know, my life, that my life around addiction or addictive behaviours um, started very young. I was shown them by yeah. my mother. Yeah. Um, she had an illness that um, uh, she was desperately um, in seek of affirmation from doctors and... Um, uh, you know, so she showed me, I understood very young. It was quite, it's quite weird how I understood very young that there was something not right. It wasn't normal. And that was really, really young. And I'm talking like under 10. Well, I, I knew yeah. that. Um, I also worked it out through, you know, um, uh, my brother was born with, with um, bronchial asthma. Right. So every year he used to be, under an oxygen tent around Christmas. Wow. So you can imagine there's a two pinnacle things there. There's Christmas. Yeah. So it's took away from me yeah. the whole little girl. I'm a little girl and I want the, the presents and the gifts and all of that sort of stuff. And then my brother would get ill and then her, her you know, what she loved, he'd end up in hospital under an oxygen tent and it'd be all over the Christmas week and she would be sitting there yeah. the whole time. Mm. And um what, and that I, took the attention away from you or Well, yeah. I mean obviously I was just shoved to one side. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it was another I was quite observant really for someone very young. I I think um you know, I had to be. I I've I've heard and I think I've read somewhere, because the thing is with my life has been so traumatic mm. that there's a lot of things that sometimes I have to watch that I haven't um, exaggerated or underplayed or any of that kind of stuff. I have a bit of that going on. Um, yeah. My whole life was assessment paperwork. Right. So I had, I was assessed. Yeah. Uh, I had, I've got no, I could, if I, if I contacted the local authorities asking for a subject access request for my information from a child, there'll be reams and pages and pages of... Yeah, so you're in the system what from adult, early. Yeah, yeah. So what adults have said about me. Okay. So there's a lot that I... So I got told um, that when my brother was... Um, there's not a lot of time between me and my brother. I think it's only about 17 months different, 14 months... Just a two of ...age them, difference, yeah. Um, and... My dad was a was a worker, like mm. a really good. Like it was, a good, I would have at that time. I thought he was a good guy, you yeah. know. Like yeah. oh, he's my little god, the little you know, my hero. That and my mum, I just knew there was issues. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Very young, and um, she had to put me into care. Okay, because get me fostered because my, of my brother's birth. What age okay. was this? So I would have been 14 months. So I do sometimes think, I wonder if that break, that little break from the family, um, as I go on the story, I hope I go on about that. Yeah. Because I think it's just, a, and you know, it doesn't mean you'd have had to have gone through what I went through. 
these little rejection break, the break, whether it's a rejection, yeah, whether the brother's abandonment. abandonment, all of that stuff. Big feelings of that sort of age and that, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know whether that had yeah. any kind of bearing on why I look, I felt different mm. later on. I mean, mm. it would make sense to me. Yeah, yeah. so obviously... Um, you know, since I've been in recovery, I've done lots and lots of work. And all throughout, even through the active using, mm. I was thrown in front of like mm. multitudes of some, because society went, there's something wrong with her. Yeah. And I would be put somewhere and that meant an assessment. And mm. that meant, when I say the word do gooders, I don't mean it in a bad way, no. but anyone that works in the services will go, there's something wrong. Yeah, Right, let's do that with her. There was never really much of me saying I think I need. Mm. I love that we're getting to a stage in yeah. in in the recovery Society. sector yeah. mm. that we're starting to ask or the client knows to not to ask mm. rather than Tell. it's you're 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 yeah. getting I mean, don't get me wrong, when you're a child, what must be really hard to look after young yeah. kids yeah. that have been through been through a crap life you know what I mean of course. had to be removed but so that's my take on it but when I went back I remember just feeling like I'm a third party looking in so when this thing used to happen with the with uh, my brother so you left at 14 months when did you go back I, I so I, I think I think I was put into care yeah. temporarily while my mum had my brother right okay so I um, don't know how long that was for. And then I went back. And I think when I went back, which wouldn't have been that long, how long does it take to have a baby and that sort of stuff, yeah. um, I think that that might have been the beginnings of me feeling really, really different in that family unit. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. So um, then it goes on to every year he's getting this bronchoasthma. Mm. And then he'd be in an oxygen tent. She would, she would be up there, you know, like the mm. the, the the. I'm trying to think of the word. The the good parent and yeah, yeah. The nurses would be wrapped around her. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, I knew I I don't remember loads and loads about my life, but I remember my family doctor's name. Why wouldn't I, if that's where we are every bloody week? You know yeah. what I mean? So I know his name. I remember feeling, um, not necessarily that much of a young age, like 14 months, but I remember feeling between five and ten really uncomfortable yeah. when, when she seen the doctor. Right. That I knew she was lying or I knew there was something, just not, it didn't. Right. I'm like, I kind of like. Yeah, well, you said you're observant. I think that's true for a yeah. lot of addicts, especially when we're children. Yeah. You see and feel so yeah. much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can really, really Quite relate to that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but I'm like, she's. This you don't isn't know true. What it is? No, but I knew she, there was. She was obviously telling him things to get medication. Right. Ah, okay. So, and uh, uh, anybody that's listening will know about the doctors in the sixties and seventies. They yeah. were very much more family yeah. orientated. So mm. it was a little bit more like a session, right? Than than a. You know, you've got 15 minutes to get your medication out of me and this and the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. So, so he would be a little bit more, um, you know, listen, more listening. Yeah, yeah. You didn't, did you? Mm. You know, you could have just yeah. that right. Yeah. And um, the end result would be she'd walk out with whatever medication and then yeah. it would go on. I also know that she... Um, her mum was uh had her illegitimately. She didn't stop telling me that. I have oh, questioned okay. whether she was, you know, because of because of the whole weirdness of the way she was. I was wondering whether she's made that bit up. But apparently, I'm named after a nun, okay. Sister Mary Paula. <laughs> but that is funny, isn't it? Yeah. It's funny. But she's uh, she was born illegitimately um, in the war in 1939. The mum 
uh, ended up in some kind of nut house for that. Right. That's what they did. Yeah. And then my mum ended up being brought up by nuns and she didn't get out of there in until her mid-25, 25, 25 years yeah. old. Okay. You know, I've seen some stuff about that, yeah. about nuns taking in illegitimate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Seriously frowned upon one, it? Yeah. yeah. It looks brutal. So I think the mum got treated poorly, but this day got sort of brought up in this, you know, yeah, convent. not a very, but she didn't get out. I don't think, I think in the 60s, they were still working their way around women having, you know, if mm. you think about the pill and all that, well, that was the era when it all started. Okay. So I don't think she got out. She didn't have me till she was 32. So I don't think she had the greatest of upbringings, mm. of course. She had, she didn't, but... um. So I think associating to any type of professional that's going to give her, who's going to listen. So that's what I was brought up with, a woman that was really, really unwell, didn't know what was wrong with her, had had no kind of nurturing, was was probably told she was a piece of shit most of her life mm. for being a illegitimate child. Mm. And then she goes and, and has me. But, you know, at one point, like I said earlier, my dad, I would have gone, she had a right result. Yeah. You know, such a lovely man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Apple yeah. of my eye. She yeah. was, I I didn't know. I know the word resent now. I didn't know I resented her as a child. So, yeah, I mean, that's the start. That's the start of it all. And that's what I remember. And, and, um, and, and yeah, again, I, I felt really disconnected. I didn't know my brother. Sad, isn't it? Mm. I mean, really didn't know my yeah, brother. Look, you said that's the start. It's like them foundation, like um, formative years. That stuff stays with us. Yeah. Yeah. It shapes us as who we're going to be, like yeah. into adolescence and into adulthood. Right? Mm. Them sort mm. of things don't go away. No, yeah. I had some traumatic experiences when I was a kid, not to try and take it away from you, mm. but that stuff stayed with me pretty much until I got into recovery mm. and started opening up. So, yeah, I feel like even though you were young, it's more than justified. It's mm. just what happens with people, right? Yeah. Them formative years stay with us for a long time. It's a hard yeah. one, though, because I, I've come to the decision now, I suppose, that I was born an addict. But like you said, Paula, I was... There were some big feelings that happened to me when I was young, and I think too young. One being failure. I was I, I took a, an exam when I was say ten, eleven. I know it's not major trauma, but for me, it opened up that um, that failure feeling, which I don't I don't think I should have been. Um, I don't think I should have been feeling those sorts of feelings. I big feelings, and then when I didn't get yeah. into the school that I wanted to, Chris, it was like. I had that, I was straight into people pleasing, do you know what I mean? That that um, feeling of, of trying to attention seek and be part of. And and again, that's a big old feeling. And I, I still, say I'm interviewing someone for a job and they don't take me up on the job and go somewhere else. It sort of subconsciously opens up those failures. Yeah, yeah, inadequacy. You know I mean? And it's, yeah. I don't even know it's happening, but then I can act out and I'll speak to my sponsor about it and it's... It, we unpick it and it's like, well, yeah, that, it harkens back to them early formative days. Really? When you mm. were exposed to those big feelings where you shouldn't have been exposed to, mm. do you know what I mean? It's, um, yeah. But again, I, I don't know. Was it the fit? Was, was it being exposed to those feelings that made me an addict and opened that wound, as I say, when I share in meetings? Or was I've come, sort of come to the conclusion that I, I, I was born an addict and regardless. I, I agree with that. Mm. Yeah. To you, Paula. Well, I also go into bits about, I mean, if my mother was taking medication. Mm. You know, what I know about now around people that are on methadone, if they have children whilst they're on methadone. I mean, she wasn't, if I remember the tablets right, rightly, they were opioids. Right. Um, yeah. So. What was that, like um, Librium or something? Is that an opioid? No, no, no. So it's like codeine, morphine, um, distilled, anything with a GZIC at the end of it kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. This was like an antidepressant, was it? Sort of thing? No, like painkillers. Right, okay. Yeah, so, the sleeper. Yeah, so, you know, I know um, about, I went on to later have a child on methadone. So right. you, you are basically feeding that child that, that yeah. drug. Yeah. So when did you first use? When did I first use? Oh, God. So around that, around all that time where I started clocking that there was something going on, I ended up, 
um, yeah, I just felt really, I just used to do really weird things and um, go out on my own and really dangerous, very young. If there would have been any kind of predatory kind of weirdos about, I might have been really at risk. Anyway, so I was just go off and do my own thing. I was kind of like off into a little disassociative world. You yeah, know, like, fantasy world. Um, and I also had the embarrassment that other people on that estate knew what my mum was all about. Yeah, I get you. Shame. So yeah. I had a bit of that, right? Anyway, there was these there was uh, these few houses round round on the estate where the uh, where there was uh, um. They were bikers, which is, you know, like the, the leather jacket, yeah, yeah. proper, yeah. Harley greasy, gang. Yeah. Harley, Davidson bikers. And they it, it, they just looked free. Mm. Mm. This this one woman's house, I'll refrain from her name, it looked free. She, yeah. They looked free. They looked yeah. like they were just doing what they wanted. And, yeah. and um, that woman had two kids. And I, I can't remember exactly, but I ended up being out. I started going in to her house. Um, no, sorry, sorry. Ended up that me and my mother, her and my mother, ended up swapping properties. She was in a flat prior to that, and I remember ending up just going up to her flat. I don't know how I got in there. I was quite probably about five years, seven years older than her, her eldest child. And I got in there and they were all sitting around and they were all smoking um, what I know now as cannabis. And yeah. I just remember thinking, these I didn't feel any restriction. You put me, no. I walk into my mum and dad's house. So it was this, it used to be <laughs> your house? No, no. So I went a bit too far ahead. Okay. They ended up, my mum, she, this woman lived in a flat. We lived in a three bedroom house. Mm. Not so long after these first times me seeing this woman, about a year or something like that after that, my mum ended up swapping with this woman. So they ended up moving into our three-bedroom house and they, my mum moved up to this flat. Right. Um, so I, I think maybe that's the way I got in because maybe she spoke to my mother. I'm not sure, but I don't remember there being... But council estates were different then. Yeah. Cancer Sense states. of community. Oh yeah. So everyone everyone kinda knew everyone. Everyone knew who the slag was, everyone knew who the drug was, everyone <laughs> yeah. knew who the yeah. Do you know the what I mean? Heads. There was yeah. it, you couldn't everyone knew my mum was what they used to call her uh, mental Margaret. Okay. <laughs> I was Mad Max, so yeah. <laughs> mental Margaret, mental I was Maggie. Chrissy the crack, mad Maggie. <laughs> no, mental Margaret and Mad Maggie. <laughs> I grew up with that. I was so embarrassed of it. I find it funny, though, that you're attracted to the bikers because there's an identity there with a biker, isn't there? Do you know what I mean? Mm. And for me, when I was growing up, I was attracted to people with identities because I didn't know the fuck I was, yeah, what it to be. Do you know what I mean? I was like floating around, not knowing what I was meant to be doing with life, music I listened to, what clothes I mm. And I was just, oh, fucking hell, he's got a bit of an identity. Easily I'll, led. I'll, I'll latch on to him. Mm. And it's, I just, yeah, it's amazing. I know it's not very different stories me and you but it's it's, yeah, it's the same behaviour right? yeah it's, it's the same behaviour thought, thought process and look, this it? is what we was just talking about me and Paula before we started recording the situations are different the people are different the feelings associated with it is the same yeah. exactly across the board yeah the substances are different the outcome's yeah. different but the reasons and the our thinking patterns behind it is all the same mm. and that's I think that's the main idea of this podcast is trying to raise that awareness, yeah? That's why we that went down the same same place, right? Exactly, yeah. I think with trauma, because we call it trauma, yeah. I think you can watch your dog being run, you know, the, you know, the ones that you'd go, oh, well, that ain't really that. No. I, I, just, I just think it's a bunch of, like, uh, emotions that you learn how to hide and every now and then something pricks it. I, don't, I just think people with my type of history, which the average Joe blogs would go, Christ, she must be yeah. traumatized. Yeah, glaringly obvious situations. Right. Let me tell you, someone who's had trauma and loads of it learns how to cope, knows how to deal with trauma. Mm. You throw somebody that hasn't had that much trauma, yeah. they're going to react to it and feel worse. Do you, do you see? It's I just really you learn, do. Mm. You I learn how to. Way. You learn how to work with. You know, if you if that's if that's like your backup program, at any point. 
So you build I up a to tolerance. It's why boxers spar, right? Because they learn how to get punched in the face so that when they get to the fight, yeah. They can take a punch. Yeah. Yeah. I never so, thought of that that way, Paula. Well, no, because you get taught. I remember when I went into rehab, it's like they were going, we're going to put you in a group with these people that, that have also apparently got trauma, right? And I'm like, yeah, you ain't had my life, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have not had my yeah, life. Yeah. And they're talking about, um, you know, and, and that, you know, crying over. And I remember just like, what you've put, you've put, you know, now I think I'm saying else. You've put me in this room yeah, to you're share. In that. You put in, I'm, I'm nothing like, I don't, I cannot identify. And um, it just took, someone explained, it just took me a longer time to come down to work out, um, to take the rough edges off, to yeah. work out exactly what uh, trauma is, mm. hypervisions, even triggers, what even that was. Yeah. You know, someone come, perfect, came out one day with a, you know, it's like the pathetic um, one about, oh, if you've been in a fire and you see fire, like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you might not be triggered by the fi seeing fire. Yeah. But there's a lot more to trauma than mm. that. Yeah. You know, I'm more likely to get triggered off something that is definitely not a fire, because I'm yeah. not aware of it, and I, I don't. And it's to do with the emotion, and it's to do with what you were saying earlier, like the feelings, rejection, yeah. ne neglect, mm -hmm. abandonment, all of that stuff, which has got absolutely. You know, there ain't no Mag Margarets there. There ain't no. You know, we're on an evic even kill I'm cracking on with the world and something happens and I get rejected yeah. I've got to do a lot of work to understand yeah. that even though that ain't mad Margaret there it's the same yeah totally I, I uh, totally relate do you know to what that. I mean yeah. it's no different and, and it's taken me a lot a lot, a lot of work on you know doing a lot of work on myself to to work that out and primarily because of the damage that I come from um to even allow myself to know that I'm in it. Yeah, yeah. Because the tough stuff. Um, so you started smoking allow the, you. The, the puff, yeah? And yeah, then, so you went around yeah. this house, you felt free, you felt comfy. So no, yeah, so I went around this house, I saw them. They were smoking puff. They were smoking <laughs> puff. And I, I, all I remember. Was it fun initially I, then? The, the, the early using? Well, I don't, how do I explain it? I went in there and I didn't really, I don't even know if I was doing it for the puff. I was doing it. I went, I went in that house because it was free. Yeah. And nobody went, what you do, what you doing, what you, what you doing, where you, you know, there was no hypervigilance and, and they sat and smoked it and I ended up doing bits and pieces. They kind of weirdly looked after me. Yeah. Yeah. In a kind of a, you can get a leather wrong. jacket then. <laughs> oh, still waiting to this day. <laughs> a bike. I was actually with Harley Davidson. Yeah. But but I do remember one time I was um they were making um acid uh mushroom tea. Right. You know what you told me this story. Oh, it's so funny. It's brilliant. It is so funny. Go on. Anyway, so I've got to the point where I don't actually even care what drugs they're doing. Oh I'm probably about eleven, something like that, ten, I think eleven. Right, young still. Yeah, so this is the age. I mean, wow. that's why I didn't really go in and initially do the drugs straight away. I just became very familiar with the community yeah. of mm. it, and and easy with them, and um, knew the lingo and language. And it's like, yeah. Um. So anyway, they're making this tea up, right? They've got this massive pot in the kitchen, and they're brewing up this stuff. I don't understand about. Weights, mounts, none of that. No. Tripping. Anyway, so they make this tea, and apparently they'd put fucking loads in it. Right. Mushrooms, right? Mushrooms. Yeah. Mushroom tea. So I've gone and poured a load in a cup and just drank it like a cup full. And they've gone, well, I've been fucking, I've gone... I've just drunk a cup. They've gone, she's going to be. Anyway, so it's ended up, you can imagine, they're all like, oh, my God. It ended up that I'm sitting there and they're going, are you all right? Are you all right? And I'm going, I'm st it's starting to come up. I've ended up going upstairs to this bedroom um, 
And I'm Ripping like, absolutely <laughs> fucking off my nut. I must have lasted about five minutes after drinking it. Like lasted. Right. I've gone up. I've gone up, and I can hear him going, "Yeah, she's tripping up for a nut." Right. Anyway, so I'm up. I'm upstairs in his bedroom, and I've put the cover over my head, <laughs> and I'm going. <laughs> just laying there and wiggling the <laughs> like a worm. Absolutely off my heart. Yeah. And then you get every now and every then. Yeah. yeah. Well, wow. yeah, there's that, but that, but you got to remember, I didn't feel. No, you didn't I wasn't feel tripped whatever. out to the point where I'm like ah yeah, you screaming. Have a good one. Well, I don't know. So then you get the hairy bikers come up with the big beards. Yeah. <laughs> To see if I'm all right. That was probably about that. So what they're doing is they're coming in the bedroom, pulling the pulling the the quilt back or the cover back, right. and going, "You're all right now." With their big hairy foot, yeah. big fat eight foot. Wow, yeah. I'm going. Ah! <laughs> you should have left you alone to enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. well, just... And then they're just putting the thing back over, and I'm going. <laughs> Sounds terrifying. So yeah. I know, but I don't. That's what I'm saying, Max. You know, it's like I don't see that as I see that as quite like you. You know, it's quite funny, but for eleven year old kid, put the context in your your kid's ten, right? Yeah, ten. Mental. Next year, he still he still believes in Santa, my boy. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm go. saying. Don't ever let them lose. No, there you go. I'm just saying that's the contrast. Yeah, men right? and Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. that's what I went into, but the but the sad contrast of the whole lot of it is I felt more comfortable than there than I did at home. Yeah. And yeah. you got you know, a bit of love, right? Yeah. 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 I just knew I was a bit safe and I don't know why. So how quickly did it progress from there then? What was your what's next for that from there? Well the substance. Yeah. Well, they used to take a lot of amphetamines. Yep. Um so in the middle of all of this, I, I, the mother then, um, I oh, don't. There's bits that I don't know if I want it. Where are you going to play this? You to? don't have to say anything. I, something you don't want quite to say. horrendous happens around this house. So as much as I'm saying, yeah, it was safe. It wasn't quite safe. Yeah, and this is what I was no. going to say, right? In these situations, yeah, it's never really a happy ending. No. Right? So in a in a weird way, now by this time I'm twelve, right. I um uh I don't know, and if you look at the way that biker biker people used to live and the way that they used to have to get their gangs and their partners and this and the other, they didn't really care about age. Right. Put it that way. And okay. if anyone's listening to this, I don't mean a fixed that's what no. that is the gang that I went into. Yeah, yeah. There wasn't a yeah. lot of emphasis around girls yeah. ages. That's not a blanket statement, it's just no, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, around it. Yeah. yeah, so anyway I go in this it ends up that the that that um one of the guys has taken quite a liking to me. I'm now getting I'm now like twelve and um yeah it gets a bit gets a bit fruity and a bit yeah. naughty. Which is like let's have it right. Yeah. Is not okay. No, so then okay, really. you know, no. going twelve-year-old girls is twelve-year-old girl. So then, the really, really worst traumatic event is off the back of that. I end up something happens to me via one of these guys, yeah. mm. and then the woman comes home or knows it's happening, goes running off to my mother's, who's the worst person in the world to tell anything to, yeah, because she hasn't got it in the bank to look after me anyway. And then I don't know that they're doing this outside. Um, um, I'm obviously traumatised by the whole deal because yep. I don't know whether the person loves me mm. or don't love me. I mm. don't even know it's abusive. No. Yeah, of course. Sad, right? So anyway, I then, I then, I then, then the, um, and then all of a sudden my, my mother turns up. I'm like, oh my God, I run away. Mm. I can't tell anyone anything. And then I get, she reports it to the police. Yeah. I then get picked up by the police. I'm too scared to tell the police. Fucking hell. They go to my mum's house to take me back because they think I'm just a runaway. Right. My mum refuses to take me back 
and that's when my journey started with children's homes. Right. So I, I got, I was put in a children's home through rejection, yeah. and yeah. and uh, keeping my mouth shut, not knowing whether I was going to communicate. You know, I didn't know. You were a child. I didn't know I was twelve. You're a child. That's it. You fit the nail on the. You're not I supposed didn't to know. know. I was. I didn't know. I was. I didn't know what you were supposed to say or not supposed to say or vulnerabilities when I I didn't know that. I, I Anyway, so then I go into the world of children's home and if we want to go around what you was talking about, about drugs, that's where all the um, aerosols, mm. glue, mm. Um, yeah, so butane gas, all of that stuff though, there was a bundle of us lot thrown into one roof that were all just as equally damaged, seen lots of things and um, ended up using all sorts. whatever it was, cannabis, acid. Um, you know, you got to remember this was like really early eighties. Yeah. So, all of the um the 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 class A's that I ended up using were a little bit more uh secretive. Okay. People secretly seemed to do that, in my knowledge. So yeah, it was all um and amphetamines, and then we start coming up to the parties, the party scenes, yeah, yeah, yeah. scenes coming in, of course. Which is so you're 16, 17 by now, are you? Yeah, but in the middle of that, I also have a child at 14. Right, okay. So, you know, there seems to be so lots in of... the care system when you have a child. Yeah. Yeah. And I get put into a secure unit. For What's being... a secure unit? So when you, when you, when you miss, were classed as misbehaving, mm. like, so I learned, um, I understood, I thieved. Shoplifted, um, we'd run, would run away. But when I say run away, I don't mean this dramatic run away and we're kidnapped. Run away. I'm talking about a couple of little kids going out and being naughty down a beach. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. But that was classed as you was running away. Right. Um. So what used to happen is they used to get us back, and then they'd say, "Right, you're now doing a thirty day stint in a secure unit." Which was like a child prison. Right. Okay. Yeah. So. So you're up for it You've been again. naughty. Yeah. You've been naughty. You're going to this, and you can't do that again. I mean, don't get me wrong. Working in the services now, I'm sure that they came up with loads of different reasons behind doing that. Like, oh God, she's naughty or misbehaved because that was a big one that came up when I was a kid. We had behavioural emotional issues and that that was it. We were just naughty. It was like we were inevitably meant we were meant to be naughty. Yeah. Because we'd had that life. We were never ever asked, ever, what was your childhood like? We was never ever, you know, nobody ever sat me down and went, Paula, we're not just have, having that your mum just didn't want you to come home one night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. There was none of that. Yeah. So you're saying it's much better today. Yeah. In the services, well, there's a lot more talking. Well, I'm I haven't been around the childcare system. Yeah. But I'm presuming it is. You know. What yeah. I mean? Well, look, I know a guy who works in that sector, and I know they do a lot of stuff. There's a lot of safeguarding and yeah. a lot of um, emphasis put on the the child's well being. Compared to what it used to be. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm just this is my only experience of what of what it used to be like talking to you now, but I sort of can say from a little bit of experience from speaking to him that it's. It must have improved, mm. yeah. For, from from them days, yeah, yeah. I know there's a, there's a lot involved, yeah. So all that did, you know, I don't, I'm, I, I choose. A, I'm, I'm in a, a kind of a program now myself. I ended up having to because I had bouts of times where I try and, um, I try and sort of stop using substances. Mm. But I know that none of this is to do with the substance, really. It's none of it's of to do with the drug. Oh, it's none of it's to do with anything. You know what I mean? It's to do with how I felt, and so for me, you know, I I could go into a a, a domino effect of that. Just went from one drug, from amphetamines, the cocaine was about um, ecstasy was just coming in to get into into mm-hmm. the world at mm-hmm. that time. 86. Was this you know mid-80s I mean? ecstasy lands? Ecstasy land, 88, acid house. 
um, the rave scene. There was back rooms in 89, 88, where there was heroin going on. But like I said, it was very secretive. Mm. It was still quite, it was looked at as kind of like a naughty drug. Yeah. It still sort of is now. No, but still, it's not yeah, so, I was going to say it still is yeah, now. But it's, it's that, not hidden. It's the one it's not so, there wasn't this type of. But all of these drugs were your solution to life, weren't they? It's, it's yeah. whatever it is. Powder, potion, poison, doesn't yeah. really matter, does it? It was your coping mechanism, I suppose, wasn't it, from me listening to you? Um, the sad thing is, though, I didn't know that. No, I didn't know that don't. when I'd found my little no, my little place. I only realised that when I came into recovery. Yeah, me too. Do you know what I mean? I, I swapped recovery for drugs, basically. That's my, yeah. co- that's my, that's my uh, yeah. way to live life now is through recovery. Before it was, I used to go and blast myself at the weekends to, to forget about all the life stuff that I had going on. I've still yeah. got that life stuff going on today, Yeah, but I've got tools that I've been giving him, giving him recovery to... Um, yeah, to combat that yeah, stuff. Yeah, man. Combat, yeah. yeah. But it was terribly, yeah, you just, I didn't, that's the real sad part about it. But 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 talking about getting away from the drug bit, mm. very, very young, I was taught that um, you're naughty. Yeah, yeah. Don't even matter whether you've just essentially been raped. No, you're naughty. Yeah, and so so, you know, speed that up another thirty years. Yeah, uh, why the hell am I ever going to think that I've got a chance in life yeah. at all? Yeah, you know, because um, as you guys, I know you both from recovery. You know, once you start having things happen go wrong, then successions of things start going wrong so the more that i got things wrong yeah i i would i've i i kind of at some point accepted that that was my life was going to be i wanted to take uh, my because the end the end so i just got it just got in for i got informed very young that uh that it didn't matter what happened I was going to be to blame, yeah, mm. and I was wrong. And if I did or tried to say anything about it, I was better off keeping my mouth shut. Yeah, I learned about the staunch stuff about don't say nothing. A yeah, criminal you spoke attitude. To me a lot about that. Criminal attitude. I won't speak. I don't. I value. Um, I mean, it's weird because when you get in, I've tried, I've I choose to stay clean through Narcotics Anonymous and a lot of that's about, you know, being a trusted, you know, to help someone else mm. to be trusted. So mm. I've come in with a value already because I don't tend to go, I really, really believe in that. But when it's a case of um, even if you try and argue your case, which when I was younger, younger, and I tried to, they, they weren't listening anyway. Professionals in the eighties was not listening. No, that you, you, especially under the age of sixteen, I was. It was like I was trying to just deemed as a, um, as a, as a kind of naughty child. Yeah, you know. So you're using progress. You're on. You're on now onto the class A's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when was the first time you found out about recovery? When was because I know you've been in prison a little bit, haven't you? Was it in? Was was NA in in prison at that point or? I um I first ever went to prison in 1990 and um I remember um how old are you 17 wow must have been tough right yeah yeah well not really because if you've gone from yeah to, you know yeah of course if you're especially mom- what was that word you said yeah. when you got taken out of the Isolate isolation unit, secure unit. This sort of secure unit. Then it's almost like yeah. they're sort of used to it. That's did what you, I'm saying. Did you find? And I know you mentioned about a biker gang at the start when you went into prison. Was it was it like camaraderie in there? Did you feel once you when once you were in there, was it a similar sort of like belonging in there as well? Or uh, when I when I first ever went in, um, I it wouldn't have took me long, but I didn't feel that straight away. No. You're moving. My later stages of being in Holloway Prison, it, they they kind of um, were a bit more 
there was a bit more room in there. When I first ever went away, there was four there was four bunk beds in one room. Wow. Oh, okay. And it was they were very, really, really, really you could imagine. Mixed ages. Mixed ages. Some I remember seeing this woman. Um, because there's like corridors around the cells. Um, I remember seeing this woman like walking along the wall. Um and I remember thinking, oh my God, mm. what's they they're really this is there's something it's scary. It's, well, it's just it wasn't that. What, it's just that it's just if you come from a place of hypervigilance, yeah. right? That means you therefore walk in a room. You need to know yeah. what's yeah. going to happen in that room. You need to work it out right quickly. Yeah, what, I'm not what like the now, score though. is. Yeah. yeah, and I've got that still. Yeah, I walk into but, a restaurant or a boozer like. Obviously, I'm not drinking now. Like I'm the fucking hyper vigilant. Yeah, wherever I go, I'm, I'm, my wife's like, "What?" Just I struggle to be in the moment because I'm so. I don't know if you get that. Really? So, no, I don't. Oh man, I am. I'm just always just looking over my shoulder and yeah, yeah, yeah. So I can relate. But I, I, you, you, it, it, these cells were so rampacked. Eight women in a room. Right wow. now, the, the, when I was last in there, you get four, so yeah. they'd halved it. Right. Yeah. And lot, it's all it? crammed, so you've got 60 women on one wing that's literally just a corridor with just a few rooms of eight in each room. Mm. No communal areas or anything? The, the, yeah, small. like a small, tiny thing with a little silly-ass telly in it, you know what I mean, which got turned on once a, once yeah. in a blue moon, that's if the officer was... Yeah. Mind you, I don't even know if that... I can't remember rightly if that was there the first time I went in, later on they started putting the old telly mm -hmm. and you ended up with tellies in your cells. So when you're talking along the lines of hypervigilance, mm. you cannot work out a 60 to 90 cell winged thing, you know, the deal, the workout, who everyone is, who's the governor, you know, because that's the way it is. That's the hierarchy of yep, the yeah. way anything works. There'll always be someone there, someone up there, someone down there. Of course, then that gang of that, this gang does that. They that talk, one talks. She's got mental health. That one. So it's you. I was just like, hold up a minute. Yeah, <laughs> like, I ain't. You know, mm, seventeen years old. Yeah, Come on. yeah, you know, and you, yeah, like you said, you'd like to think after all of them secure unit turnouts that I wouldn't. Mm. I'm not putting secure unit for being pregnant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That they classed as a form of safeguarding me. Yeah. So, was there drugs in prison? It obviously, don't say as all much as you want. So, there is, yeah, 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 all the time. I mean, I haven't been the latter stages of of no. Is is I, I wasn't in there. I've had quite a lot of time. Every time you've been in, there's always been something. Yeah. I mean, they uh, was there recovery in the prisons when you were there? Because I know yeah, I mean, a lot of work about that now, don't you? We can come on to that at the end. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, the first um, you'd get they're all they're all units, so you'd get put on a detox unit, right. Um, and I, I heard later on that there was these prisons. I don't remember it at first when I went in, but I don't know whether that was because I weren't really interested anyway. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? You can't hear what you don't want to hear. Mm. Um, but then oh, I remember okay. if you get, if like, so if someone had said, oh, this is lovely. Yeah. Um, I don't remember, I don't remember when drug free wings come in. Um, I remember knowing about rat. Um, which is is was like a um, a rehab wing in one of the prisons, but right. I don't think that that was sort of late nineties that, that I heard about. No, no, that, it's that, taken a lot of work in it to get into the prisons. Yeah, there, so it's um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, It's probably a no go. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah. So, so and and plus, my crimes weren't really that I was in and out all the time. Yeah. It was in and what out. Was it small things, just about volume that got you in? Rather than like well, it was thing. no, it was just I was a prolific thief, yeah, shoplifter, really. Yeah. Uh, you know, and on I used to be a bit embarrassed that it was just shoplifting, but no, I used to be at it. That's like me. I get a so, sense of inadequacy when on. I go to certain meetings because I because I was a cocaine user. Mm, yeah. Didn't get onto crack and heroin. I feel that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you just said, oh, I wish I'd done something worse. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Bad, isn't it? That's mad. I don't yeah. get me wrong. There's been a couple of quite bad things, but um, um, there was one where I thought I was going to get quite a really big sentence, and I'd kind of gone right. 
now's the time. I'm going to sign up to this drug wing. Mm. I, I, it was like I'd planned out my my journey. I'll, I'll I'll go on this drug wing. I'll then once I'm sentenced, I'll go to this um, other prison that does has got a whole rehab unit on it. Um, and by the way, by that time, I'd been to in in Holloway. I'd been to mid nineties, early nineties been to uh, NA meetings in there. Right. Mm. So I'd been started to drip. The drip had started. Yeah, it was planted. Yeah. Dripped. It was slowly little bits and pieces. Yeah. Um, but this charge that I was on that I ended up, it got left on, uh, found not guilty. I'm like, um, I had it all planned out. Yeah, I thought, that was oh, your I'm way out. And then they went, you're not guilty. You're legal. Yeah. So Paula, towards the end, your behaviours using... Robin using was it just constant same behaviour because my behaviours were def definitely the last year of my using I was just on a merry-go-round of insanity basically just doing the same thing mm. every fucking week was was it similar similar for you towards the end not so much in the end no it was it was uh, really sad yeah yeah I, I wasn't I didn't I didn't oh mine was sad yeah I didn't what I mean is I didn't. Like them times when I was able to get up and go out and thieve and yeah. and supply my own habit. So and was that where it was? You were shoplifting to fund your habit, yeah. yeah. And I wasn't scared of the consequences. I was definitely not scared of going to prison. So yeah, it was just like, like you said, it was like almost you welcomed it. So it because you had a plan to sort of. Well, no, we're like, only on that one. I didn't welcome it, Chris. Oh, okay. I didn't welcome <laughs> it, but I wasn't scared of it if you, I. Yeah. I wasn't scared of it if I got it. That was potentially yeah. a long sentence. Yeah, yeah, that, one, yeah. that one. Yeah, and they oh, went knock, okay. and I thought, oh, for God's sake, I can't even do a long. I can't yeah. even. When I did make a choice, that but in the end, mm. in the end, I ended up. What ended up happening was I became quite well known to the to the community, right? And that meant the police, the services, all of them. So I couldn't. You be, end up getting a kind of name around yourself around crime, yeah. um, especially with thieving around shops. Is yeah, it, the end of got pictures are up. They know who you are. You end up wearing a disguise. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've done that. <laughs> I've done that. Yeah. But anyway, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore. And, and, and things I was starting to, like for years, I was able to. So consequences were coming consequences. on Consequences. Yeah. I could always, I always had houses. I was always able to go manipulate something. Yeah. I was always yeah. able to do that. And um, like everyone, like your, like your story. Yeah. Well, in the end, I just couldn't do and that. Than that. Yeah. And I had ended up, um, uh, Drinking alcohol, that was like the biggest downfall I oh, ever. Okay. I know a few. Out of all of those, yeah, all of the drugs, all the class A's, the crack, the heroin, alcohol, I think, nearly killed me. Yeah. Um, I ended up, uh, so where it really, really started was 2000 and... 2011 or thir no 2012 13 I have a seizure in the street right. um, I don't know why or where whether I was clucking whether I'd been attacked I still don't know nothing about it mm. um, and uh, they put had to put me in a coma and I woke up in Rochford Hospital after it Fucking and it's Christmas right and I'm like it's your time of year i yeah. Oh, maybe, maybe you've hit something there, and I'm like, right. I, I it, when I when I'm sitting in this room, they've done this whole uh, these tables, bless their hearts for the for all of the uh, clients in that hospital. They've tried to do their best. Christmas dinner. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going. Fuck this. Hold up a minute. <laughs> <laughs> it was like I'd literally <laughs> just come around. Right. Like, I went, hold up a minute, what the fucking hell am I doing in here? Yeah. Didn't know. And then just kind of, and I think that come from my um, institutional background, I was able to just crack on with it. Mm. So I, until they told me any different, I would have just done as I was told, right. which is really, really sad. In the early 90s, I may have had a bit of a fight and gone, what the fucking hell? You pretty much done then, yeah. Absolutely, wake yeah. right in. Gloves were off. 
and um, I can't even, I don't even, do you know what? I didn't even remember that I was a heroin addict. Right. I didn't remember I drank alcohol. I didn't remember none of that. Mm. So I was coming off this real blank page of I don't even know why I'm here. So physically, mentally, just yeah, yeah. Done rock, in. rock bottom. Yeah. Like nuts. Yeah. And then when I got out, um, and also in that time I'd lost a little girl. Right. Um, and no, they never told me about none of it. They didn't sit me down and go, oh, well, I How long were you in the coma for? Uh, I'm not sure. No. Not sure. It definitely weren't like a day. It was no. like weeks, I think. Wow. But prior to that, through the addiction, I'd lost a little girl. Yeah. Rightly so, because it was disgusting behaviour. Yeah. Not saying at that point in time, I didn't know it was bad. I didn't no, know no, that it was yeah, wrong. Yeah, we don't do it. No. I didn't know it was wrong. I think we've got an inkling, but... I was desperate. I was desperate to feel something. Powerless, right? That was... Well, I'm des I was desperate to have a delusional family unit. Yeah. I suppose. So recovery rise wise then, when mm. did that really kick off for you? Because I want to get onto that. 2015. So you come out of your coma. Mm. You had a bit of an awakening, let's say. You sort of went knew out for another went out of course, obviously. Addicts, ain't they? Went just just to make go. sure. Just to make sure. Yeah, go and smash ourselves to bits for another three or four years. Just yeah. just to have another go. I then I then um I can't even remember how, it's so it, I feel like an uh, a proper you know, which is insanity right there, and it. Let's just yeah. I don't back even to that. know how to go and do it properly. No, you know what I mean. I don't get me wrong. Didn't take me that long to go know how to go back to using heroin. I don't. What, I'm not saying I was sitting there. I didn't know that. No. but I definitely didn't have the um, ability to maintain it like I did when I was younger. Mm. And um. And I definitely couldn't remember who was in my life, who I knew, who I didn't know. Wow. Um, I'd lost all of that and Just I was so like frightened. Break, break from reality. I was so frightened, really. I know that now, but I didn't know that then because I was so high that um, I didn't even know whether I should, I didn't even know if I had an option not to use. Mm. So I went down the services and, and um, Luckily enough, I was well known. This is one time where it, where it was value. Yeah, mm. I went in front of this worker. Bless his heart, he's not alive no more. And um, sat in front of him. I couldn't really remember him. I remember it, and then I just went into hysterics. Mm. And he was used to me being the old, you know, bravado, boisterous, you know, mm, like yeah. yeah, don't matter. I would never tell you anything. No, they no told skimmed around. Didn't tell you a lot. You know what I mean, but um, and he he was just like, and he was just like shocked by it. He couldn't you believe see you it. Done him absolutely done, and that I've got to say, the services around me were absolutely fantastic. Yeah, so that was in. A, they put you in a treatment centre. Yeah, not straight from. I had to go to a. I had to do three separate types of detox. Right. First one was in. Hospital, second lot stint was in a mental health unit. Third stint was in like a government funded like detox. Yeah. And then a year in Rio. Wow. Because I was just like. Yeah. You stayed clean from then? Yeah. Nice. You, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have come near me. So moving on. Yeah. The biggest you can imagine, I, I felt pigeonholed and I felt like. I was looking for the type, my type. Mm. I didn't understand that I could sit in front of people that didn't use like me. I thought mm. I was, it comes from being told I was something very young. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I got shown into my choice, like I said earlier, narcotics almost, I got shown into a room mm. full of people that's um, different. Yeah, I thought the only people that ended up in them places were people that mm. you know had jacked up in the eye or something. Yeah, no, you know I mean? yeah. But, <laughs> same as me. Um, yeah, but that ain't no. They're so far from no, so far from cases that I need. Do you not think though that it's also important to find some people that did use like you, so that you get that identification? Yeah, but when you're in a position where you're so scared of going near anyone, yeah. Because you don't think you're going to fit in. 
Yeah, and then that limits well. you not being able to speak to yeah. no one. So I would never even know whether the person. Yeah, yeah. You know, because okay. I would look for visual signs. Mm, yeah. Of of injecting or, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, there is people that you can half tell that they've done this prison system. Yeah. They're a bit cheeky chappy. Um, and yeah, you're right. You do need that for identification. You, do, I do need to know that there's others that can. But um, it, it would have been such a shame if I'd have left it there. Yeah, of course it such would. Such a shame. Yeah, and look, the whole thing is, right, we focus on the the similarities, not the differences yeah. anyway. And like you just sort of, um, like you brought up, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter what you did. For me in the beginning, I heard my story. Funny enough, when I heard your story, Max, mm. I really identified. Mm. And I was like, it gave me that sense of, oh, I'm not the only one. Mm. there's other people like me out there that's yeah. the only reason i brought that up about the way you used for you to hear a story of someone who used like you mm. so you got that bit of identification yeah. after a while and you've been around it and you realize that it doesn't matter it's all about the feelings anyway right yeah Definitely. i think that's what i identified off the most was the feelings really. yeah, yeah exactly I think, like i gotta say i remember i'm five coming up for five years clean paula so but what are you uh, coming up to nine coming up to nine so it's I just nice. cannot, like, people listening, I cannot tell you how much you've changed in the five years that I've known you. Mm. Like, just fucking night and day, absolute mm. night and day. Like that person that you talk about, I can imagine what you were like in the prison bowling down the wing. Feisty. Like, yeah, because you were feisty in the meetings when I, mm. but it was, now I've got to know you more and I love you, you know that. I just... You were always there. That was just your defense mechanism, wasn't it, really? To have a bit of a fuck off written on your forehead. I had the same thing when I came in. Yeah. Everyone used, no one, I just, that was my way of just, I don't know, it was my defense mechanism. Yeah, but of course. God, the change in you is just outstanding. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. It may, we, we talk about like the, the, when we see the newcomer, the lights coming in their eyes, Chris, now yeah. in the meetings and that. But like seeing a change in someone as well, I, I can name so many names in, the meetings that I go to where the, the the change in someone from when they first come in, give them six months sometimes. You reapply yourself to this program. Like, this is what it's all about, isn't it? We can actually yeah. change who we are. That's, yeah. It's just, it's a but fucking But then there's levels to it. You get them early, guys. You see them come in. Yeah. And you see them as they start, that, like you said, the light comes back in their eyes. They might get a service position. Mm. They start becoming a little bit reliable. Then you got like the level up, like the guys like you that are now running your own committees. And then you get like the level up, like Paula is just like service warrior mm. behind the scene. You don't even see what she's up to. Yeah. But she's a really important cog mm. that keeps the fellowship going at like an area level. It's like a next level up. And you, the fellowship needs all of that, right? I had to fight to find a home. I haven't yeah. got, I haven't got a, I haven't got a, you know, sadly, Mm. I haven't got um, a parent, you know, I can't go back and make an amends to parents or no. let them make an amends to me. Yeah. Um, I've got three older children, which I do not seeing them this week. Mm. I do my utmost with them to try and, you know, you know, be there and do my bit. But someone said to me, you've got to make it your home. You've yeah. got whatever you, choose, whatever you choose as your recovery world. You've got to make it your home. You've got to start feeling part of something because mm. and apply I'll, yourself, right, Paula? Because this, this mm. didn't come. It is not. It's not just given to us, is it? I think that's what uh, it needs to be said that in recovery we have to. You have to put the effort in, especially early days, to feel mm. part of, get connected, get some service in the meetings. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Get yourself a sponsor. Work, 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 work through the steps. Um, get yourself a program that you can work to on a daily basis. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't. You can't just go to meetings and expect to stay clean. Yeah. I, I'd it's say action. No, just, yeah. no, I get that. But I think I think then that's where the value of my trauma mm. comes in, because of that need to know what I'm doing, fear fear of looking silly, mm. needing to work out what it. You know, you guys have told me something. Mm. There's that there if you want it. You've got to do that to get it. Yeah. I need to know what that is because I feel so inadequate mm. that if I don't, I've got no chance because you guys, right from the 90s, drip fed this stuff to me 
and I knew it worked. I did not believe in it. I just didn't believe I fitted in it. Yeah. So for me, when I was finally ready, I finally learned enough about, I accepted that I'm, I don't just go out and have a glass of wine yeah. on a Friday. Mm-hmm. I'm an absolute learning sick and I know that it, it that, that I, yeah, that I don't just, I don't just wake up dehydrated. I wake up in in mental health units. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I, I knew that I had to come in and I had to, I wanted to fit in so badly or feel at home and feel at ease. And I'd been told if you just do the stuff, if you just do this, the work mm. and do what it says on the tin and stick with that and never veer off that, mm. you're going to be all right. Mm. So I came in and did that. Yeah. I didn't know what extent I was doing it to. No. I we didn't just go with that. it, don't we? That's the thing. Yeah. And I actually enjoy it. I actually enjoy doing what, what I do. I get, um, I, I don't know. It's like, a, it's like my first job. I also work in the services. Yeah. Amazing. Um, uh, I love the variety of people. I love working out that I weren't that bad. I like it that I find out that people care about me mm. and love me because I didn't know that. You know, you can imagine make people want to cry. You can imagine from when you do, something happens as a child like yeah. that, that you've got this informed thing that you... So everything I displayed to you at the beginning was what I thought of myself. Yeah. So, you know, it's crazy, isn't it? find it amazing now it's come full circle now you're part of a team that's put NA meetings into prisons and institutions right and you're on yeah. that you're on that committee aren't you which is just yeah I wanted yeah. to get onto H&I a little bit it's, yeah. um, for me when I came so I was still in the dry house at the time so I was in my first nine months yeah and um, I took a service position with you oh first of all when I was in treatment the H&I meetings that were coming in were on Zoom and your face popped up on the screen you weren't, you was like involved. So you'd probably got the meeting set up and then you put the secretary on, put the person who was sharing on. And I saw your face and I remembered you from when I'd come to the meetings previously. And I was like, remember that? It was like a familiar face. So you've been a huge part of my journey from the, even though you didn't know I was there, I saw you and I was like, she's still around. She's still around. And uh, our relationships flourished. I jumped on that H&I committee and I took the meeting back into the treatment center that I came through and I'll put it out there. It's the best bit of service I've yeah. ever done. Yeah. Amazing. There's, there's guys that were frontline stuff. Guys that are in the meetings now years clean that you, when you were doing service. Yeah. yeah. And you know, it gives me a feeling yeah. like no other. Man. There's a guy I picked up 18 months the other day. I don't yeah. know if I mentioned this already, but, um, he picked up 18 months and I remember I saw him on the, it was all over zone cause it was during COVID. He picked up, he got to his 28 days at the end of the treatment and he was like, I, I know I'm not supposed to do this, like numbers and stuff like that. I, I want to know where to go when I come out. And I gave him a list of meetings and he showed up to the Monday night buzzer meeting, got a service and he's mm. been there ever since. Yeah. And he's put his life back together. Mm. And um, just to think that through h and I was able to be a small part of that guy like carried the message to him, maybe planted that seed like you spoke yeah. about earlier. Mm. And now he's clean. And that's just one person. I mean, I take another type of group um, at work, which is called Smart Recovery. Right. I think that's fantastic. You know, yeah. it hasn't got as much as of a big, um, you know, big fellowship as what as what the AA and NA and CA have got. Yeah. Or the big following. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I you know, you've got people that will just keep once they feel like they've got it and yeah. they're getting or they understand what's going on. Um, I was talking to Chris. About my job role, my job role is classed as a, um, it, the title is building recovery in the community. Amazing. So, so again, I'm on this thing where I'm kind of like, um, just want to see a bunch of people in a room. Yeah. Don't matter what stage they're at, yeah. whether they injected in their eyes or in, or snorted coke up their bum, you know, <laughs> yeah. it don't matter. You know what I mean? I mean, on paper, if you'd have come up to me years ago and said, "Yeah, you what? You're really close to Chris and Max," I would have gone, "No, we ain't. Yeah. We, we ain't got nothing in common at no. all." Yeah, and it's beautiful, isn't it? That you come to somewhere and you think, "Oh, actually, we we've got more in common than it's amazing." Yeah, than, than what we think we have. Yeah. 
I think we're coming to the end, Chris. I think one last thing I'd like to say, Paula, is if you had a message, if there's a Paula out there, if you nine years ago, what would your message be to try and get into recovery? What's your life like now compared to what it was like? Um, I could, I've just got to say the word freedom. Mm. I don't feel restrained. I don't feel restricted. I feel like I've got choice. I feel like, you know, I've, I've, I've got like deep, deep rooted connections with people. Mm. I feel love a lot more than one than, than I ever felt love. You know, it ever, I don't think I ever did. Um, but I had to sit down and shut up mm. and stop trying to run the show, mate, because I was always thought I knew best and I didn't. But I, it's gone one, it's 180 degrees round the corner. It's completely, it's completely different. You wouldn't have come near me no, in the end. You weren't. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, right. it's been brilliant. It's been great to hear your story again and uh, to elaborate. I really like this format. It's so different from a meeting where we can sort of jump in and ask mm. questions. I love it. And I really hope the um, the listeners have enjoyed it as well. So look, that's another episode. Um, we'll be back next week. Take care. Peace. Bye. Bye.